0: Hello there. Don't be shy. Come on, out of the closet. My name is Aaron, and I'm standing right beside you- BAH! Sorry, that was awkward. If you're autistic like me, you're lucky to have run into this special spooky episode tonight. We are going to tell a very grim tale, and the point of exposing this dreaded fable is to defend your right to experience freedom, a renewed mindset, Build you a safe environment, give you accommodations, and ensure that you have the right to live an abundant life. Out of the closet is my podcast, which attempts to advocate on your behalf to a planet who continues to learn about who we are as autistics. So gather around, fellow autistic and neurotypical children, and let me tell you about a scary world full of monsters to avoid, monsters known. As the usual suspects and associates of the autistic dark web now neurodiverse boys and girls we know that the neurodiversity movement is safe it accepts you no matter what part of the autism spectrum affects your life your culture and your identity it doesn't seek to cure you however the ideology in itself has many foes and enemies these scary foes have connections to the alt-right and certain types of lobbies such as the Cure Lobby, the Applied Behavior Analysis Lobby, and the Severe Autism Lobby, and of course the Autistic Dark Web itself. Let me describe these rivals in detail. The CURE lobby consists of companies or individuals who donate trillions of dollars spent to cure or reduce autism characteristics and so-called quirks. They come from pharmaceutical companies, genetics research corporations, and are miscellaneous lobbyists and investors who help push companies like Autism Speaks towards a complete elimination of autism. The Applied Behavior Analysis, also known as the ABA Lobby, consists of therapists trying to destroy autistic behaviors and enforcing neurotypical compliance, which is considered abusive by the neurodiverse community. We also have the Severe Autism Lobby, consisting of people promoting a false dichotomy of mid and severe autism levels. They grasp tightly to the lie that nonverbal autistics are severely disabled intellectually. They treat non-speaking autistics as less than human by speaking lack of confidence in their aptitude and because of this, they portray those with an intellectual disability as being incapable of self-advocacy. The anti-neurodiversity movement is classified as a group of individuals known as the autistic dark web. They are labeled as trolls, and if you hang around Twitter long enough, you will very quickly run into these characters. These people see the neurodiversity movement as enraged SJWs from the far left who want to turn autism into an issue of identity politics. When really, autistics like myself are looking for friends to accept me, a workplace to allow me to contribute the value it needs, and accommodations in order to deal with things like excessive noise or glaring fluorescent lights. The first three of the four groups join forces to ensure funding for a cure for autism stays in the world of capitalism. Autistic advocates have been asking for acceptance, accommodations, and tolerance instead of cure therapies that try to turn autistics into neurotypicals. They also advocate for employment and education options that cater to accommodations autistics need to understand what else the movement is about. Go check out previous episodes if you're too scared to continue. These three groups combined try to take on the neurodiversity movement. They don't appreciate the challenge to their financial and ideological outlooks. After joining the autistic dark web, these three groups add more to their numbers. They add parents who believe strongly in cures and ABA, anti-vaxxers, the alternate right, Aspie supremacists, homophobics, body shamers, racists, conspiracy theorists, martyr parents who became social media personas about how hard it is to raise an autistic child, and snake oil salesmen. The Autistic Dark Web, where did it begin? It began its crusade over a year ago, and over time, autistic advocates have found ways to easily identify them. Their rhetoric is organized and predictable. They move in swarms. They appear in publications around the world all around the same time. We know of this because of recent articles in the UK Guardian and Aeon's magazine. These publications sync up with edits they make on Wikipedia and so-called research behind these parts of the article known as talking points suddenly appearing everywhere all at the same time like vampires and gnats. Topics appearing with this kind of marketing strategy have been subjects known as Autistic Incontinence, Epilepsy, Pedophilia as Neurodiversity, Indigo Children, Self-Injury, Puzzle Piece Icons, Facilitated Communication, Rapid Onset Gender dysphoria, elopement, and other topics that I will not list here. Whatever is the talking point at the time, suddenly articles somehow keep popping up in publications from Autistic Dark Web representatives. Out of the Closet and the Aspergerian news site have identified one of the most infamous figures in this scheme, Thomas Clements. His presence is all over the Autistic Dark Web. Thomas Clements had started out as a neurodiversity advocate himself years ago, but somehow, Like Voldemort, he switched over to the dark side and positioned his politics to whatever tribe will help discredit the neurodiversity movement. The autistic dark web takes the alt-right stance of the intellectual dark web and fuses it with other forms of supremacy. As a result, it makes a path to a shady, monstrous entitlement group that has turned autistic conversation on Twitter into a breeding ground of anti-logic for just over a year now so what is the objective of the autistic dark web it's simple we um discredit the neurodiversity movement oh man i can hear heath ledger just turning in his grave for a second after saying it like that the autistic dark web finds its footing through the introduction by wallace runnymede
1: this is a very exciting new anti-sjw anti-postmodernist Anti-identitarian movement. We oppose authoritarian identity politics and the culture of victimhood. Please consider following as many of us as you can on Twitter.
0: I actually don't recommend
1: this. And do look out for relevant hashtags like Autistic Dark Web or Autistics Against Hate or West and With Autism Parents. I just want to finish by saying that the autistic dark web are encountering a lot of hatred and opposition, but this only makes us all the more determined to beat the extreme viewpoints and perpetual bitterness and resentment of alt-autism. Be with us in our holy war against entitlement, victimhood, and nihilism.
0: We're now looking at how bigger population of autistics co-opted the alt-right and tried to make it a holy war against entitlement and victimhood, by people who want to be cured of their autism and who are angry for being called out for opposing autism acceptance and awareness on social media. It's become a so-called holy war involving other tactics and social media interactions such as Gamergate, sea-lining, Torrencing, and what I like to call crap-posting. All of these tactics are used to terrorize autistic and neurodiverse advocates on Twitter. So the question most of you listeners are probably wondering is what the autistic dark web does to scare the neurodiversity movement. Let's paint a hypothetical scenario here. A neurotypical parent would post a Twitter tweet along the lines of my nine-year-old son Stan Rutenberger is having a meltdown and slamming his head against the wall because I wouldn't let him eat chocolate chip cookies and again he took a dump on my new rug and ripped through a couch cushion while mooning the neighbors across the street through the front window. This is how it feels to be a mother of a child with autism. And yes, a video of the meltdown is included with the tweet. To get a reaction from advocates of the neurodiversity movement, the tweets or commentary is written to be insulting. The comments and tweets are supposed to trigger autistics to come to the ardent defense of boastful parents not regarding the autonomy and dignity of their children. They use all the language that might not be understood by the general population. They avoid showing why it's dehumanizing, but they say exactly what will most anger neurodiversity advocates. Think about it. Most autistics would be angry because of the invasion of privacy and removal of dignity from the autistic kid in the meltdown video. When autistics start to reply in disagreement, the anti-neurodiversity merry-go-round starts to spin. They take up every single position that will empathize with the parent distraught about having an autistic child. They say things like, mothers are allowed to seek support online. Parents know their kids better than anyone. You don't speak for every autistic person. You have mild autism. Why are you bullying people on Twitter? You don't know anything about what it's like to have severe autism where kids smear poop on the wall, flash the neighbors, and eat rugs and cigarette butts from the floor. You don't get it. But the truth is that even though autistics are all unique and different people, they are much better at understanding autistic behavior. They are better at understanding the motivations. They have a knack for determining what feelings trigger an experience. And most of the time, the people who are active in advocacy circles do what they can to learn, study, and specialize in autism with the same authentic dedication Greta does with climate change. We're not just qualified to speak on autism, just because we are autistic. Some of us have pledged to advance autistic well-being acceptance and self-advocacy. But in the Twitterverse, advocacy can look really bad when trolls with fake empathy come in to say, You don't know more
1: than this parent.
0: When autistics jump into the conversation with rational and correct information and advice while upholding privacy and dignity, the dark web users snag them in a back and forth, while other dark web trolls jump into the reply thread to make the autistic advocate seem like an insane abusive individual. Words get twisted into accusations of racism, child abuse, and other heinous offenses. Finally, the original person would lose it And then the responses would be screenshot and shared on other profiles out of context while the original tweets are deleted. Sometimes these screenshots might surface days, weeks, even months later. It's no wonder Twitter isn't moderated like most internet forums. Some of these threads even contain references to women's looks. Racism, transphobia, homophobia, misogyny, fat shaming. Or even parallels to pedophilia. All of this done to paint us advocates as participants or promoters of bigotry. When it comes to misinformation, articles like Thomas Clement's recent writings in The Guardian are constantly starting to show up, painting the neurodiversity movement in a terrible light. Autistic advocates and allies are repeatedly dismayed to see the talking points of neurodiversity misrepresented in mainstream publications like Aeon Magazine using the same tactics as used by the intellectual dark web. In these articles, such as the one from Spectrum News, partial truths are fused with direct misinformation. For autistic people who know what's going on, each time someone from one of the autistic dark web groups writes an article discrediting neurodiversity advocates, they send autistics the same message
1: Nobody is listening to you, your words are being twisted, your efforts are meaningless.
0: Not too many people outside the Autistic Dark Web oppose the neurodiversity movement, but when they do, what they do publicly goes viral. In the Autistic Dark Web's most recent articles, they use their position to make autistic advocates seem like they're hostile, irrational, and people who easily disregard autistics needing more advanced accommodations. The truth here is that the loudest advocate voices within the movement are disability activists with very real and active involvement in the lives of people with high support needs. Some advocates themselves are also non-speaking and need a lot of support in their daily lives. When it comes to neurodiversity in fashion, Tom Clement's article, What is Autism? How the term became too broad to have meaning anymore, Published in The Guardian reads The fashion for celebrating neurodiversity ignores those with debilitating severe autism, which has created a rift in the community. In another article, the neurodiversity movement is painted as a shiny, articulate, fashionable group with autistics ignoring those with severe autism. The dark web writer positions himself as a person who cares most about those who are at an extreme disadvantage. Readers should know that Thomas Clements and his cohorts are spin doctors who do whatever they can to take down the neurodiversity movement and its advocates. As we learned in a past episode, ABA is essentially compliance training for an autistic to appear more neurotypical. It's a multi-billion dollar international industry and a powerful way to spread government funds that should be going towards poverty and disability. Just as an aside, before I move forward to our last of Autistic Dark Web Legends, you ever wonder why autistics in the dark web are obsessed with Andrew Yang? Well, for one, he's promised to put significant federal funding into early interventions and ABA for autistic children, which leads us to one of the feistiest monsters in the autistic dark web. The ABA Lobby. The ABA Lobby doesn't care about neurodiversity at all, and essentially hates non-speaking autistics. They treat autistic advocates like radical grown-up kids who are avoiding being labeled as having a personality disorder and who play the victim. Let's talk about Jill Escher, the leader of the Severe Autism ABA lobby. Jill Escher is the founder of the National Council on Severe Autism, or NCSA. She is hell-bent on isolating epigenetic causes of autism. She does everything she can to advance genetics research for everything from boomer generation, fertility meds, grandfathers being in the coal mines, booze, cigarettes, whatever gets money put towards the genetics lobby to waste and appropriate autism funds for eugenics. As we covered previously, autistic people stay away from severe mild, low, and high functioning labels because they create a false hierarchy of how human or near typical an autistic person is. Functioning labels determine how an autistic person contributes to the world in general. Autistic intelligence can't be determined by how well someone can perform on a test. When an autistic person is non-speaking, they're not stupid. It means the wiring in the brain is different when it comes to talking or moving the mouth. Intelligence has very little to do with whether an autistic person is verbal or not. If someone who uses a wheelchair needs assistance with mobility, this doesn't mean that they're dumb. An autistic person with poor mobile control or poor motor skills won't have complete control with what their body does. Let's go back to Jill Escher. Here's a blistering quote from an assembly budget subcommittee on health and human services hearing back in 2015. Jill Escher talks about her son with autism fear-mongering.
2: Thank you, members. My name is Jill Escher. I'm president of Autism Society San Francisco Bay Area and the mother of a son and daughter who are both functionally incapacitated by severe forms of autism. I'm glad to see so many clients here today, but I cannot bring my 16-year-old son. If he were here, he would run around and screech. He would rip off his clothes. He would chew on your furnishings. He would denude your carpet. And then he would run out that door to Lord knows where. And that would just be the start of it. I'm here to bring up the elephant in the room. And that this is California's autism population that is exploding in near exponential fashion. California's adult autism population will double over the next five years. And will triple over the next ten.
0: This rhetoric that non-speaking autistic children are incapable of complex acts or thoughts is false. Describing autistics as if they only exist to steal, kill, and destroy is unacceptable and discriminatory coming from a person whose life revolves around autism to characterize autistics this way. It's disgusting. Well-meaning teachers would be proud of methods where teaching communication works for autistics. Sadly, there are lots of behavior analysts and ABA lobbyists who bully and discredit these teachers who have used the methods to build independent communication skills. And they keep pushing their agenda for years, bullying children, bullying parents. Their core argument is a constant rant about how non-speaking autistics don't have the intelligence to be authors of their own words or be in control of their own autonomy. Then there are dark web users you've found yourself arguing with on social media that get nowhere and arrive at no conclusions. They usually accuse you of postmodernism or being a cultural Marxist. The fact is, everyone who associates themselves with the autistic dark web are part of an anti-awareness, anti-tolerance effort. They do not want autism acceptance. They want autism to be seen as a disease which must be destroyed and they capitalize on the trials of autistics. The trials that we go through and they capitalize on the worst of us who are extremely disadvantaged. They do this to set themselves up as rational and compassionate. They want autism to be the monster or the bad guy. The conversations they take, they paint two ends of a non-linear, non-existent spectrum of autism. On one end, there are the Sheldon Cooper types, that are genius introverts, who are isolated for their intolerance to social norms and being more intelligent and logical than the rest of society. And on the other end of this non-existent linear spectrum, they focus talking points on a few of the most shocking and debilitating conditions associated with autism to make it seem unbearable and ghastly. A horrifying demon-possessed disease. They talk about the messes made in meltdowns, the eating of non-food items, the toilet accidents, the self-harm and suicide, and being non-speaking. They paint anyone who they feel are social justice warriors as anti-science, hyper-emotional extremists. So what do we do? What do we take from all of this? How do we stay safe from the autistic dark web? Who should we watch out for? All I can offer are a few tips, ladies and gentlemen sitting around the fire. When browsing Facebook, Instagram, and especially Twitter, always read as much of a comment thread as you can and read before typing a response and posting it in a forum. You will have to do this if you find yourself in any of the scenarios that I mentioned throughout this podcast. If everything in the thread just seems like a hate match or people just trying to prove who is smarter than who, just walk away. It's not worth sharing your voice to people who won't listen and it's going to take extreme self-care on account of a fight you never needed to be part of. If you see the names of Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, Joe Rogan, Doug Murray, Andrew Neil, Sam Harris, or Jordan Peterson, run. These people have been followed by the autistic dark web, and they've been followed by users who promote dangerous ideologies on their behalf. Other than that, when commenting in a forum, attack the problem, not the person. There's no need to name-call, and there's no need to throw unneeded stones, and there's no need to throw anyone under the bus. I've done all this in the past. I've done all this while I signed up for forums, and it's only caused much more problems when interacting with other people, especially people I disagree with. Leave sexism, racism, and even privilege out of the conversation if you can, and of course walk away if they do start using these things against you. Lastly... You can't fight fire with fire. And if you're doing it in defense of your own autistic children, you still can't fight fire with fire. You'll only get burned. Eventually karma will do its thing if you believe in that sort of stuff, so let it do its thing if you can. All we can do is let our voice be heard and educate people who value what we have to say. At this point, all I can really indicate is that you just post your two cents and then just watch where it goes from there. If someone gets value from it, you've changed a life. If trolls pile on top of it, keep on letting your light shine outside of social media. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Sometimes even if they ask for it, you don't even have to do that. So to close things off tonight, and to wish you all a safe and happy Halloween, thank you so much for hanging out with us here today while we dove into the dangers of the autistic dark web. You can like me on Facebook and follow me on Instagram at AaronAdvocacy204. And if you've gotten a lot from this podcast, go ahead and leave a positive review on iTunes so more people can learn about neurodiversity and autism for what it really is. My name's Aaron. Thank you very much for your time out to the closet and around this campfire tonight. And don't forget to add value to someone today. We'll see you soon.